0: Listeners, welcome to another show on Rising Above Shadows of Reviews. Brazar. Metro News. Tuesday, the 13th of February 2024 by Brooke Davis. Footballer and model jailed for life. An Italian footballer has been jailed for beating his ex-girlfriend to death with a hammer. An Italian footballer has been jailed for beating his ex-girlfriend to death with a hammer, baseball bat, and a bench after she reported him for stalking. Giovanni Badovani, 28, was handed a life sentence for mothering Alessandra Matuzzi, 56, outside her home in August 2022 in Bologna. Alessandra was on the phone to her sister, Stefania who heard her screams as she was beating with a hammer, a baseball bat, and eventually a bench Padovani had picked up? The former center back, who played for Sacantaldese and is also a former model, ambushed Alessandra after his team told him to stay away from a training session. Stefania told the local TV. She got out of her car and started screaming, No, Giovanni, no, Annie, I beg you. Help, no, help. I was on the phone. I immediately called the police who arrived straight away. After the pair broke up, Padovania bombarded her with messages and calls, prompting her to report him for stalking. But he continued to sabotage her car, disconnected her meter from outside the house, and even tried to climb up her balcony. A neighbor said she was very afraid of him because he had become persistent and she didn't want to let him in the house. Padovani tried to tell the court he was not in a fit state of mind at the time of the attack. He said, if I was completely lucid and capable, I deserve life in prison. But if you consider that there's something abnormal, anomalous in the conduct, then no. I wasn't well because a person who is well doesn't kill another human being. I'm in a nightmare. I'm sorry, this is a bigger burden than prison. Stefania burst into tears as she left the courtroom saying, Alessandra is no longer here, my sister is no longer here. Bologna Chief Prosecutor Guseppe Amanto denied accusations of judicial negligence after many claimed the justice system failed to protect Alessandra. He said the investigation into Alessandra's stalking complaint was paused as witnesses were on holiday. We did what we could, he said, saying at the time it seems to be the typical conduct of bothersome stalking. What do you think about this newsreel? Can you leave your comments and thoughts via email at our email address, risingaboutshadowsofabuse at gmail.com. Thank you. BBC News by June Kelly and Judith Burns. February the 8th, 2024. Police failed to investigate officer abuse complaints, say women. Seven women are accusing Devon and Cornwall police of failing to investigate seven and former officers for domestic abuse and sexual violence. In some cases, the men were promoted to specialist roles dealing with violence against women, the group claims. I have been failed completely by Devon and Cornwall Police. One woman told BBC News, "The force has referred the allegations to the police watchdog, as the women are preparing legal action." The women claim the promotion happened despite the force being aware of the complaints against the officers involved. One thousand five hundred police accused of violence against women. Police officer guilty of sexually assaulting women. All the women had relationships with the men they are accusing, none of whom has faced any criminal or disciplinary proceedings. It is understood that all the men involved deny the allegations. One of the women is herself a serving Devon and Cornwall officer. Another who served with the force for 30 years told news she felt failed by her former employers. I've lost all trust and confidence in them. I feel hugely let down disrespected and insulted, she said. The allegations span from the late 1990s to the present day and involve current and former officers. The women are represented by the Center for Women's Justice, which is accusing the force of systemic misogyny. It alleges that in some cases, the police investigators had a connection with the accused officers. The female former officer says in 2018, after she had left the force, she was physically assaulted by her ex-partner. She claims he also had her in a stranglehold in view of a neighbor. She says when the police arrived, they saw she had bruises and scratches, but they dismissed what she and the neighbor said and did not record it as a crime. It emerged that one of the officers knew her ex-partner. They were completely blinkered, she said. They were purposely looking after him because they knew him, I'm lucky that I was a police officer because that is what has driven me to continue with the complaint because I know categorically that what they are doing is wrong. She describes the culture in the force as alpha male and sexist. Like all those involved, she cannot be named for legal reasons. A seven Devon and Commonwealth police officer describes reporting a fellow officer ex-partner to the force a number of times before 2017. She says he subjected her to physical abuse and coercive control throughout their relationship, including attacking her while she was pregnant in 2004. But she did not report his escalating abuse in the years that followed because she feared it could end her career. Since the recent complaints against him were made to the force, her ex-partner has been promoted and now has a role in a unit dealing with violence against women and girls. Another woman says in 2018, she called the police after experiencing verbal and psychological abuse from her ex-partner. She then reported him for racist comments, coercive control, stalking and harassment. During this time, he was also promoted and began working in the sexual offenses and domestic violence team. Another woman, a mother of three, says she reported a police officer former husband to the force in 2019. She accused him of rape physical violence and coercive control during their relationship and said, when the marriage ended, he continually stalked and harassed her. Her case was eventually dealt with by a specialist unit set up to improve investigations into rape and serious sexual offenses. She was told there would be no charges. A woman whose allegations stretch back to the late 1990s says throughout her marriage, she was physically and psychologically abused by her husband, and when the marriage ended, he raped her. She says she reported this to his superior, but did not want to go through the court's process at that time. She claims she was later told wrongly there was no record of the rape. She says her mental health has been badly affected by the way she had been treated by the force and she has made several attempts to take her own life. The Center for Women's Justice, CWJ, claims the force breached the women's human rights by failing to take the complaints seriously and carry out proper investigations. The Balina Dasgurta of the CWJ, who is representing the women said, the women's combined testimonies paint a picture of a force not just unable to investigate police perpetrated domestic abuse but seemingly unwilling to. Police forces including Devon and Cornwall have claimed that on the back of falling convictions rates for violence against women and girls and the worrying numbers of allegations of police abuse which have come to life following the convictions of Wayne Cousins and David Carrick things would change. This case shows that, sadly, things have not changed. It is hard to see how public confidence will be restored in policing if this is not robustly addressed. Assistant Chief Constable Jim Pierce of Devon and Cornwall Police said the force had been made aware of information which requires careful consideration and appropriate review." As a result of the information received, the force has made a mandatory referral to the Independent Office for Police Conduct. The IOPC has further asked for further work to be progressed by the police force, has asked for further work to be progressed by the force before they can accept and assess a referral. But we remain in consultation with them in providing the required information, said ACC Pierce. It will be both inappropriate and premature to comment further at this stage. An IOPC spokesperson said, we're in liaison with Devon and Cornwall police to assist them in progressing a valid referral to us regarding these serious matters. The woman who spent her entire career as a Devon and Cornwall officer and still lives in the force area says, every time I see a police officer, it takes me back. I can't trust them and I can't even look at a police officer without thinking of the way I was treated. What do you think about this newsreel? Leave your comments and your thoughts. Thank you. Metro News by Katie Boyden. 13th of February, 2024. Man jailed for 21 years in Russia after molesting his own sons. A Texan man has been jailed in Russia for molesting his own sons, despite authorities in the U.S. finding no evidence to charge him. David Thomas Baines was found guilty of actions of a sexual nature against a person under 14 at a close court in Moscow based on his Russian ex-wife's testimony. The U.S. citizen has been sentenced to 21 years imprisonment in a maximum security penal colony. The allegations of child abuse against him had been filed in Montgomery County, Texas, and examined by law enforcement. But U.S. police found no basis to charge him. His ex-wife, Svevlana Kopyalva, 43, claimed... Baines had sexually abused her sons between 2014 and 2018. The children were born in 2010 and 2014. Baines, 65, pleaded not guilty in Moscow, where he's been held in pretrial detention since January 2022. Baines was found guilty by the Savlovsky court in Moscow after a trial which was closed to the media and the U.S. embassy officials. A spokesperson for the Russian investigative committee said, The investigation and court established that from January 2014 to March 2018, the accused, while in a residential building in the United States, committed acts of a sexual nature against his two children. The Sevlovsky Court of Moscow sentenced 65-year-old U.S. citizen David Thomas Baines to 21 years in a penal colony, finding him guilty of sexually abusing his own children. Baines had traveled to Russia in 2021 to see his children, who he said had been illegally taken out of the U.S. in 2019, where he was arrested. In the U.S., charges were filed against his ex-wife as she was accused of felony interference relating to child custody for allegedly taking her sons out of the country during a custody dispute. Ms. cobb Taylor claimed the children had been abused and spoke the truth due to the suffering and pain they experienced. What do you think about this newsreel? Do you think the mother of these children was lying against her ex husband as a way of punishing him? Or do you think the man actually did the dastardly act? Kindly leave your thoughts, your feelings about this newsreel on our comment page. Address rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com. Thank you. The Telegraph, 13th of February, 2024, by Alexander Laurie. Retired lawyer turned crime writer, jailed over child abuse images. John Mayer was caught with a haul of child abuse images on his computer, some of which depicted victims as young as 12 months old. A retired High Court advocate who was caught with hundreds of child abuse images on his computer, has been jailed for 12 months. John Mayer, who became a crime writer after his legal career ended, downloaded more than 500 pictures depicting the sexual abuse of children with some victims as young as 12 months old between August 2019 and January 2021. Mayer, 72, Attempted to hide his depravity by deleting the images and was found to have used computer cleaning software in a bid to hide his online activity. The former lawyer denied the offenses but was found guilty by a jury following a three day trial at Edinburgh's Sheriff Court in December. Mayor, who had since moved from Edinburgh to Exeter in Devon, returned to the dock for sentencing on Tuesday. Sheriff Ian Nicole said he had to impose a sentence that could be a deterrent to those who are or are thinking about getting involved in this abhorrent practice. The the sheriff said, the custody threshold has undoubtedly been met and I can see no reason to depart from the guidelines. Maya was jailed for 12 months and was placed on the sex offenders register for 10 years. Solicitor Pat Campbell, defending, said his client continues to assert he's not guilty of the offense but accepts the verdict of the jury. Mr Campbell said his client had recently been forced to reject an offer from film producers who are keen to dramatise one of his books. Mayer is author of the Parliament House series of crime novels that feature the character Progan, maclean QC, who fights against injustice. An online biography states he studied law at the University of Edinburgh before becoming an advocate in the Supreme Court of Scotland. He told the jury at his trial he had acted in high court trials, worked with the International Criminal Court at The Hague, and has specialized in fighting international child abuse and abduction. The trial heard from forensic computer analyst David McCowan, who was working with Police Scotland as a cyber crime officer at the time of Meyer's arrest on January the 28th of 2021. He said the images showed children aged between one and 14 being subjected to sexual posing and non-penetrative sexual activity with other children and adults. Mr. McGowan said he also found more serious images depicting children engaged in penetrative sexual activity with other children and adults mayor claimed he had never seen the child abuse images on his laptop but the jury rejected his claims and found him guilty by a majority of two charges of possessing indecent images of children what are your views on this particular newsreel hmm a lawyer being convicted for something he's always convicted others for leave your views your feelings and thoughts via our email address Rising Above Shadows of Abuse at gmail.com. Thank you. BBC News, 12th of February 2024, by David Higgins. A man and his parents have been jailed after a court heard his wife was forced to take medication and doused with a corrosive substance. Ashka Sheikh, 31, was jailed for seven years and nine months at Leeds Crown Court, along with his father, Khalid, 55, and mother, Shabnam, 52. All three were found guilty of allowing a vulnerable adult to suffer physical harm after a trial last year. Abrim Fatima Sheikh suffered life limiting injuries due to their abuse. The court heard Ms. Sheikh was tricked or forced into taking the anti diabetics drug Glamspiride, which induced catastrophic brain injury in 2015, after she was brought to the UK from Pakistan, following a 2014 arranged marriage. She was also doused in a caustic substance, thought to be a cleaning fluid at the family's home in Clara Street, Huddersfield, in the days prior to her hospital admission in August 2015. None of the family gave evidence in court, and the judge said she could not say for sure when the abuse began. Now 39, her injuries have left her in a persistent vegetative state, from which she will never recover. The court heard, "It is difficult to imagine a more serious injury short of death." Missus Justice Lambeth remarked. Miss Sheikh was said to be in good health before her collapse, and there is evidence she was a teacher in Pakistan. One witness said she was intelligent, bright, ambitious, and happy-go-lucky before she moved to the UK. It was initially thought she would die but she began to breathe for herself when her ventilators were turned off in hospital persecutor said she only survives by being fed through a tube and will eventually die as a consequence of what happened to her the trial that soon after miss shake arrived in the uk the family became unhappy with her housework and chores police carried out a welfare check in july 2015 but reported has been fit and well miss lambeth said she attached little weight to the assessment because miss shake spoke little english and her father-in-law was present during the visit she added that she believed there was a 2 to 3 day delay between miss shake falling unconscious and the family calling an ambulance it's just not realistic to conclude that you did not all know of abrims predicament and a desperate need for emergency medical care, she told the defendants. Deputy Chief Inspector Matthew Holdsworth of West Yorkshire said this has been an awful case in which a young healthy woman has been catastrophically injured and robbed of her future by the very people she should have expected to, pro- to protect her. Asgar Khalid Shabna and Asgar's sister Shagufa Sheikh were all found guilty after a trial of allowing a vulnerable adult to suffer physical harm. After a trial last year, Ashka Shabnab and Shagufa were also found guilty of doing an act intending to pervert the costs of justice. Ashka Khalid Shabnab, Shagufa, and Ashka's brother Sadkalain Sheikh were found guilty of conspiracy to pervert the course of justice. shaklain 25, was also given a six-month sentence, suspended for two years, and her sister, Shagufa, 29, was given an 18-month sentence, also suspended for two years. What do you think, listeners, about this newsreel? Do you think justice has been served? Or do you think they should have been given a longer sentence as relates to the crime they've committed to their sister-in-law or daughter-in-law. Please leave your thoughts and feelings via email address rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com. Thank you. 14th of February, 2024, by Jacob Phillips, Five 14-year-old girls racially abused and assaulted on Wembley bus. Metropolitan Police have said the group were on the Route eighty-three bus at roughly 6.20pm on December 29th when the racially motivated attack happened. None of the victims were seriously injured. The incident was reported later that evening and an investigation was launched. Police carried out a number of inquiries and have now issued CCTV images of two people they would like to speak to. PC Matt Cannon, who is leading the investigation said, thankfully, incidents of this nature are incredibly rare on the bus network. However, we will not tolerate hate crime and we are working to identify these people as soon as possible. If you've got information about this, you can dial 101 quoting CAD 5443 forward slash 29th of December or contact Crime Stoppers anonymously. iNews by Connie Dinsdale, 15th of February, 2020. I was told not to have therapy because it will let my rapist walk free. Victims of sexual violence are being told to avoid therapy in case it is used against them to charge suspects and get convictions in court. A survivor of rape and sexual assault told I she avoided therapy for two years while the perpetrator was being investigated by police and awaiting a trial, prolonging her trauma. She was told to avoid counseling by at least two therapists, two police officers, as well as independent sexual violence advisors because the notes could be requested by the police or the Crown Prosecution Service, CPS, and used as evidence. The survivor who wished to remain anonymous said not being able to seek therapy during the investigation prolonged her recovery and left her with emotions she did not know how to deal with or comprehend she said if i had therapy at the time i wouldn't have felt as alone i would have felt supported and believed i would have found every day a little easier i would have been able to progress a little further in life My trial completed in August 2022. A year and a half later, I'm still struggling on occasion with the impact of the rape, but more the impact of the justice system. I was diagnosed with PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and then secondary trauma from the trial. In the past year, I've become far stronger than I have been in years, but flashbacks still hold a big impact on my life, and I'm still seeking therapy. It comes after I found that victims face a choice between jailing the attacker and seeking therapy over fears it could risk their case. Last month, data from the National Counseling and Psychotherapy Society revealed that nearly one in four therapists have had their clients' counseling notes requested by the police. 86% said this request relate to clients who have experienced sexual violence every time or most of the time charities have been campaigning for amendment 115 to the victims and prisoners bill to prohibit the use of therapy notes in rape cases which has been tabled by which has been tabled by baroness greborel Louise bertin mps were broadly supportive of the rule during a debate in parliament last week but suggested to rape crises who are campaigning for the law change that they may have to wait until the Law Commission concludes a review into how evidence is used in sexual offense. The Law Commission review of evidence in sexual offense prosecutions is expected to conclude later this year at the earliest and any changes off the back of that would take much longer. The Ministry of Justice said the Law Commission's review will not affect the timing of the Victims and Prisoners Bill but charities feared could now be delayed. Amelia Handy, Head of Policy and Public Affairs at Rape Crisis said, some have suggested that we must wait for the conclusion of the Law Commission work on sexual offenses. She called for the amendment to be included in the Victims and Prisoners Bill, which presents an ideal and timely opportunity to make this much needed change. Ms. Handy said, it is deeply objectionable for such personal records of thoughts and feelings to be routinely assessed with virtually no justification, but to discredit and humiliate victims and survivors. Some survivors are advised or make the decision themselves to forego counseling for the traumatic experiences they were subjected to, to avoid that risk. But this can have devastating effect for those left alone to manage their distress. This is entirely the victim and prisoner's bill now must ensure that counseling and therapy can be safely assessed because no one should ever feel that assessing justice entails the wholesale intrusion of their privacy rights or prevent them from receiving life-saving support. Andrea Simon, director of the End Violence Against Women Coalition, said counseling should be a safe and private space to explore feelings and heal from trauma, it has little relation to the fact of a case, it is completely unacceptable that this crucial support is often inaccessible to survivors when they need it. The government now has a real opportunity to make the victims and prisoners bill as effective as possible for victims by protecting rape survivors, counselling notes, and providing them with free independent legal advice. It wasn't long ago that the government made a formal apology to rape survivors for the catastrophic collapse in prosecution and promise to put things right. We call on the government to keep its word and use the victims and prisoners bill to keep counselling confidential. CPS spokesperson said our guidance is clear that any request for therapy notes must always be reasonable and proportionate which is why we encourage police to seek any advice from our prosecutors before considering a request to access such sensitive personal material. The guidelines Say requested notes are not automatically handed over to the defense and the CPS follows the statutes set out in the attorney general's guidelines on disclosure. A government spokesperson said victims of rape take an incredibly brave step in reporting to the police and they should always feel confident that that requests for their personal information such as therapy notes are made appropriately. That's why our victims and prisoners bill will prevent unnecessary and invasive requests by investigators for this material. And we will carefully consider the law commission's review of its use during prosecutions. What do you think about this newsreel? Can you leave your comments, your feelings and thoughts via our email address, rising above shadows of abuse at gmail.com. Thank you. Sky News. Fourteenth of February 2024 by Henry Vaughan, home affairs reporter. A mechanic who helped run one of the dad web's biggest child sex abuse websites has been jailed for 16 years after he was convicted under organized crime laws in the first case of its kind. Nathan Bake, a 28-year-old tire feeder from Roncon, Cheshire, was the first moderator and second in command of the annex, which had 90,000 users worldwide. The site where pedophiles shared millions of images, including materials of the most extreme kind of abuse involving toddlers and babies, had been shut down after a global operation involving the National Crime Agency, NCA, and the American law enforcement. The man who ran the operation has been sentenced to life in prison in the US, while 14 other Americans have been charged over their roles, with eight receiving sentences of between six and 28 years. Three British moderators were charged, including former junior doctor Gabriel Gag, 34, who worked as a psychiatrist for the South London and Maudsley nhs trust he was jailed for six years last june while another man faces sentencing on monday bake whose username was pink was caught with a 576 page pedophile manual and more than 60 digital devices containing more than 800,000 images and videos of child sex abuse when he was arrested in november 2022 He was jailed for 16 years today after he he pleaded guilty to 12 charges, including child sex offenses and participating in the activities of an organized crime group. Judge Patrick Patrick Thompson said he considered BAKE to be a dangerous offender and ordered an extended license period of four years. You You are a committed pedophile. represents a very significant risk of causing serious harm to children, he told him. In this day and age, given the wide public access to news materials, there is very little that shocks the public, but this is such a case. People are revulsed by offending of this nature and those who take sexual gratification from the abuse of children in any form. It is the first time The NCA has secured a conviction under the organized crime law, which investigators hoped will give the judge more scope to impose a bigger sentence. There is currently no legislation that specifically deals with the moderation or administration of child sex abuse websites. And the agency is in talks with the Home Office to toughen toughen up the laws. There are about 1.4 million users of the Tor browser which can be easily downloaded and used to access the dark web, with around 40% of searches relating to child sex abuse, according to investigators. And a pope, prosecuting, told the court the annex was identified by American law enforcement officers on a server in Romania in 2020, before being moved to a server in Moldova. The 30 people responsible for running the site put as much time into their work as any other job and would hold staff meetings and suggest people for promotions, said NCA branch commander Adam Presley. Users would have to prove themselves in the gateway by sharing child sex abuse materials before being allowed into the other areas. There was nothing on the site that was off limits. Everything was encouraged. Everything was allowed for. He said the man We are very much part of a team of staff that you could expect to see within any other business that provided a platform to facilitate a community of pedophiles to encourage the abuse of children all over the world. Bake answered queries from other science users and offered advice on not getting caught, saying in one post, come on people, show us what you've got for happy hour. Show us the boys and girls that turn you on the most. The court heard that children's tights, on the way and sandals were found in the bottom drawer of his computer desk, although investigators said he didn't have any access to children. Keith Jones, defending, said Bake was diagnosed with Asperger's, was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome at the age of 16, had converted, had converted to Islam, and was studying Arabic. He acknowledges that his behavior is morally reprehensible, he said. This is quite a deep one. What do you think about this newsreel? A mechanic being a moderator on tour. A child pornographic website. Covering other users on the website. Hiding evidence. What do you think? Leave your comments, your views and thoughts via email address rising above shadows of abuse. On this note, we've come to the end of today's episode on World News on Abuse. And this has been your host, Grace Upper. See you on our next episode. Be safe and be positive. Bye for now.